here we are. We're here for the alcohol-free and the sober curious. And I'm Sunny, as you all know. And I'm Cynthia, as you may also know. And we're coming to you from the streets of San Francisco, where right now, this very moment, they're out there grinding the pavement with some machinery. Yeah, constant, constant it's, construction. Yeah, we live in Construction Central, where, I don't know, they're like, today on the way over here, I passed, I don't know how many construction crews, and I guess it was kind of close to lunchtime, but everybody was just blocking two lanes of traffic and standing around oh, talking, yeah. you know, shooting the shit. They love to do that. My husband hates that because they're, they're always doing something, but bystanders think that construction workers just stand around and stare at pits all day. Right. They do do stuff. But they do. We do catch them just staring into pits. They do do stuff. <laughs> staring into pits, and I don't mean armpits. Or like, what do you call that? Side boobs. They're looking at side boobs. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So, San Francisco, where there's continual construction and disparity. Oh, so much disparity from the most homeless of the homeless. I know. And the most entitled of the entitled. It's like a giant production of Les Miserables. <laughs> I am one person who doesn't know all the songs from Les Miserables, but if my mom was here, she could, she'd just start belting one out for wow. us right now. I don't Good. know any. I, you know, I keep outing myself on things I don't like mm -hmm. like every episode I feel bad but musical theater no <gasps> thank you oh. can't stand it well I like musical theater mm -hmm. but I was not a big Andrew Lloyd Webber fan Ex after Jesus Christ Superstar it was all over for me oh. um, Phantom or and Les Mis was Les Mis I don't think that was Andrew Lloyd Webber. I have no idea. I don't, I mean, yeah. I saw Annie, I think, when I was like eight, and I really liked that. Tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, like, I liked uh, South Pacific and Carousel. And you mean movie, like movie no, actually, production? Well, yeah, I never saw those live, but I, I love My Fair Lady. The soundtrack, the music from My Fair Lady just makes me feel so warm and fuzzy. You know, all I want is a room somewhere. Oh. You know, far away from the cold night air. Is this the Eliza Doolittle yes. story? Oh. Yes. yes. So maybe I'll watch it. I think it's Audrey Hepburn, right? The problem is it, that it is Audrey Hepburn. And, you know, Julie Andrews did the part on Broadway. Oh. And my, which my Uncle Howard would point out all the time about the absolute travesty that they cast Audrey Hepburn in the movie role oh. that should have been Julie Andrews. Yeah, she that, was, she's way better singing. You know, Audrey, well, Audrey, Marnie Nixon sang for Audrey Hepburn. And Marnie Nixon is the person who she dubbed everybody. Oh. All those actresses who appeared in these musicals but who couldn't sing. I had no idea. Later on. Wow. Like The King and I. Uh, anyway, nice. Look up Marnie Nixon, people. No, oh, I wonder cool. if she has a an album of her own. All right. So anyway, so much for musical theater. We're here to talk about mockology. Yes, and we're your mockologists. 
We're your hosts today. We weren't always sober. So now that we're on the other side, we have no intention of going back. No, it's because it's so much better here on this side. It's so much better, and I'm I'm happy about it every day. I am too. I am grateful too. I mean, I don't blame myself too much for getting into drinking because it's just, it's like in the air that we breathe. Yeah. Do you grow up around it? Well, you know, my parents were teetotalers as much as I could tell during my early years. Wow. Until I I was about 10 or 11 and we moved up to Northern Virginia. And then I think they started like partying a little bit on the weekends and stuff. And then, oh, they made it look like so much fun. Yeah. They had so much fun with their friends. My earliest memory is a multi-generational drinking and Mm -hmm. parties. I mean, my grandparents drank with my mom and her brother and sister. (laughs) And I, from the time I could walk, parties, parties everywhere. And fun. Constant. Fun parties. Like they were. And even when I started drinking acceptably with my family as a teenager Mm -hmm. i remember sitting next to my grandma and she turned to me and she'd go are you tight (laughs) and i and i thought that was the funniest thing that's like a 1940s expression for like are you feeling good you tight is crazy you tight i'm tight i'm I'm feeling tight i am tight well i feel tight right now oh and all i've had is this uh substitute other it's a lacroix alternative oh that came out after all that news about there being bugs and stuff in lacroix i've never heard that i I don't drink that much of it to be honest i know you know it's kind of on a kombucha kick oh yeah there is a kick to kombucha yeah it Mm -hmm. feels like a cocktail does it some the kind i drink yeah you know i know i have one friend who said that every time he drinks kombucha it just makes him really mean Weird. Yeah. Oh. I think it just tastes interesting. It's not sweet. I'm like really sensitive to sugary drinks, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I'm digging it. All right. Maybe I'll try some kombucha. Well, I wanted to say that if you're looking for a ponderous podcast about process and regret, this isn't it. I love that. What, the alliteration? Yes. Okay. That's so cool. A ponderous podcast about progress. Yeah. Process. We're not preaching to you either. We're and not, not going to talk you into not drinking and do whatever you want. What makes no. sense for you? Your time will come. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like an evangelist. That's right. Well, no, I think evangel- hell and damnation will come to you. <laughs> That's right. You'll be a, you'll be on the church steps begging, uh-huh. begging for what forgiveness, absolution, yeah, something for all your wicked ways. Exactly uh, that the devil got into you, but that there are people who never tried alcohol mm-hmm. is kind of shocking. Yeah, at least around here. Yeah, there's I mean, quite a, yeah, not very it's, many. It's just pretty much. Um, ubiquitous mm-hmm. anyway it's always a good idea to i think for people to can ponder the idea of quitting so and we, we have a fun cocktail today and i'm i'm in charge of it i'm excited 
Yes. I don't even know. I see that you've got a couple of beautiful glasses here. Yes, I was really intrigued by the color of this cocktail because it has rose water in it, mm -hmm. which isn't for everybody. I love rose water. You do? In fact, I like all things rose. I like the scent of roses. And I even put yeah. in my black tea that I drink every morning, I put three little uh, dried rosebuds in it. Did you ever have the rose water ice cream at the old Indian Bazaar on Valencia years ago? No. No. Yeah, years. I mean, that place hasn't been there since the 90s, but right. they had a little ice cream section. They had rose water and cardamom. Oh, no. It's always a bit too much for me. Well, and I think if you overuse rose water, it can be. Bleh. Yeah. Just turn it into a anyway, little pink bud. Yeah, it's just too. <laughs> too rosy tasting mm -hmm. anyway the rose lemon spritzer i've got three tablespoons of rose water which is optional mm -hmm. you can do one if you find it overpowering should i put it into the beaker yes can okay. you pop it in for me all right here we go two tablespoons of fresh lemon juice i have a tree in my backyard so i got that covered all right and i have put in the lemon juice yeah, and one to two tablespoons of honey or agave syrup. Which do you, we have both, which do you want me to use? Just use the agave squirter. All right, here we go. And a few drops of blood orange or pomegranate juice, just for color. Okay. And uh, three-fourths cup sparkling water. And if you're really fancy which I don't have on me now, are fresh roses as a garnish. So I'm just gonna put some ice in the beaker. Yeah. And I'm stirring it. And now, do you wanna pour it into the glasses and then I'll put the, the sparkling water on yeah, top? Yeah, let me get the strainer so we can get those in there. Okay. All right. Here you go, Cynthia. Check it out. Are you ready? Yeah. We don't have we don't have the garnish though. It's still beautiful. The color is so nice. I'm getting us ready for summer. All right, here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Oh, that's yeah. that's really nice. I love the lemon. I think it's really great. And I guess you could use you could use regular lemons as well as your Meyer lemons. They're Either one would be delicious. I bet you could put lime in instead, too. Sure. This is really tasty. I'm going to try this at home. Yum. That was fun. All right. So story time. Yay. My favorite part. I have a T-A-L-E for us today. Oh. You ready? Yeah. On a theme of that has to do with dancing, because dancing is part of our theme today. When I was little, from as far back as I can remember, I was a, such a dancer. I just loved to dance. And you, I mean, if you'd come over to my house, I would be dancing in the living room. If I wasn't sleeping, I was dancing. Wow. And I was dancing to like Gaete Parisienne, can-can music. Oh. In fact, I think I learned how to use my parents' record player yeah. at the age of four, right? I could put the record on, put it over on the track that I wanted. So I'd be dancing to the can-can and Jimmy Smith, you know, Jimmy Smith, the jazz organist. He had 
these yeah. great kind of orchestral yeah. arrangements. And then I had uh, the record of the Nutcracker, but one of my favorites. But this was Captain Kangaroo's version. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, Mr. Green Jeans! In fact, do you remember? Um, okay, so you love the Nutcracker. Love the Nutcracker. So you I was know in it. Well, I want to hear about it. Yeah, the Nutcracker. You know the song that goes da 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 bum bum bum. I still remember the lyrics that Captain Kangaroo put to that, which <gasps> went, something has to go with coffee. Coffee by itself just doesn't taste right. Oh, <laughs> how cute. And it was really the guy? I don't Captain? know who sang it or he was on the cover. Yeah of the record. But anyway, I danced to the Nutcracker and the words that they had put to it. Oh, and cute. I still can't get them out of my head. But then after that, once puberty came, then came the sad times of, yeah. for me, of junior high and high school and beyond. Not where, much dancing? No. You know, I'm a little older than you are. It just wasn't the cool thing, especially now if you danced, you had to dance with a boy and the boys wouldn't dance. They were very reluctant to dance. Mm -hmm. So I can remember being in the gymnasium or the armory. Just pulling the wallflower move. Yeah, well, like standing there with like this great music, like maybe a funk band or with the bass just kind of thumping through my chest. Yes. All I wanted to do was dance. Oh, my All God. I wanted to do was dance, and I could not dance. What? Too much pressure? Nobody would ever... Dance with, by themselves. Or with another girl. There's no way. No. No fucking way. I No fucking way. I was a freak on the dance floor. I'm sure you were. The second we had school dances. Yeah. But I'll let you finish. Well, you're going to talk about that. <laughs> I, so it, it was like there was this shift where dancing was no longer about dancing. It was about, it was really about getting laid. At least for boys and men, I think yeah. a lot. Ooh, um, weird. They, I'm not talking about gay men, although maybe gay men dance to get laid. Yeah. But I think there were a lot of straight guys, at least when I was coming of age, who in order to get laid, they would dance. And in order to dance, they would drink. Mm -hmm. Right? That's the only way. They had to have that liquid courage. Dutch courage, sure. There is no way they were going to to get on the dance floor yeah. otherwise. And, you know, the way to a girl's heart was through the dance floor, mm -hmm. right? If you wanted to get lucky, you better get dancing. Was that usually through a slow dance? Because that's the only time I remember, you know, you'd get the boner. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, gross. <laughs> uh, you got a packet of certs in your pants. Yes. <laughs> That was always the joke. Oh, it's not a boner. It's breath mints. Breath mints. Yeah. That, that, but then that so, certs are so small. That's a small cylinder. Yeah, <laughs> That's very, that would be like, okay, I'm going to, yeah, who's next on my dance card? <laughs> well, by the time I got into my 20s, I had a boyfriend. I lived in this small town, this small resort town. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough to have a boyfriend who, and one of the reasons I was with him, in fact, the reason that we met in the first place 
was that he could dance. Now, this was after the whole Saturday Night Fever oh, disco thing had gone down. And so that probably freed a lot of people up. It did. Men, um, specifically, I bet. But still, in this, in this ski town resort, there weren't a lot of dancing men. Yeah. But I just happened to get hold of one who was. So we would go out to a bar on a date, and he would dance all night long, maybe every four or five dances with me, mm-hmm. the rest of the time with other women. Women just lined up to dance with him. Yeah. Of course, that meant that his dance card was full off the dance floor as well as on the dance floor, unbeknownst to me. I didn't know exactly how full it was until years later. Ooh. But, um, Dirty dog. Oh, no, he was. He was so cute. He would dance until his clothing was completely soaked through with sweat. And then we'd we'd go home, you know, for the night. So I did get to dance with him. And that was really fun. But it wasn't until years later, after I had children, that I circled back to dancing on my own. And sometimes it was when I was drinking. But I'd go to a party, any excuse to get dancing going. I would. I didn't know this about you. make it. You do? No, I didn't know. I know that you worked in the dance industry for a while, but I didn't know that you enjoyed dancing. Oh, my God. I love dancing. How fun. I love it. And I I would dance, and but then eventually I found my way to places where I could dance sober. And that's when I really rediscovered the inherent joy of dance, how dance just makes me feel high. It's the best. I mean, there's some sex I would put, the sex that I'm lucky enough to have, I put it right up there <laughs> with... Um, with with dancing but yeah. without getting down that way dancing is as good as it gets oh me. that's awesome well maybe singing and playing music is close but i love 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 dancing and i think for anyone you know i go to i've gone to sweat your prayers and and i see other people on the dance floor there you know yeah. this is one of those morning dances Mm -hmm. you can see people they're working through their stuff and a lot of those people are being sober they're trying to get into a place where they can feel happy about their lives so i i think you know don't drink and dance just dance yeah that's what that's what i have to say today that's fantastic But I know that you, Miss Twinkletoes, <laughs> you have your own story about dancing. I do. Dancing was my original passion, and my mom put me into ballet classes from first grade. Oh, wow. And, uh, Did you go to Miss Tilly's? Do you know Because you were here in San Francisco, right? That sounds familiar. Was that on Sacramento Street? I think she was on Sacramento, and then it moved out onto maybe California. I originally went to Miss Tilly's, yes. Mm-hmm. And then she recommended that I try out for San Francisco Ballet. And then yep. I was taken onto their roster for classes and probably three to four years there studying with SFB. And got my final chance to do Nutcracker. Was was Helgi the director at that time? Yes. Okay. Yeah. In fact, my letter is from Helgi um, 
graduating me into the professional division. And that was at age 12. Wow. Which was so exciting for me. But unfortunately, I didn't get to do Nutcracker because we always went home to Texas every year. And that was going to sort of impede on our plans. Oh, no. Which is a little bit of a... You never got to dance Nutcracker? I didn't. I didn't. I was I was chosen to be one of the six soldiers. Oh, that's awful. I know, but I you know what? I want to say we either moved to Japan that year. I think we moved to Japan that year. Like it was just something went wrong. Mm-hmm. And I honestly can't remember what it is. Wow. So yeah, definitely like one of my big bummers, but um I stand stayed with me through my teenage life and I had some wonderful teachers in Marin and then I followed a, a really magical modern dancer down to Santa Cruz for college. Who was that? Tandy Beale. Tandy Beale. Yeah. And I think she's still trucking. Wow. Somewhere. That she I had long black hair. Yes. Very wraith like woman. Right. Tandy yeah, Beale. Yeah, like Shakespearean like long like we have kind to of witchy we have to put that in the show notes yeah i want to remember about for people to check out tandy beale's work definitely but uh, you know i think i lost sight of movement for like most of my married years and mm-hmm. baby years for right. sure like it just sort of <laughs> flew away from my life and because you're nursing and changing yeah, diapers yeah and- but i didn't really you know, occasionally take a ballet class here and there, and then I'd hurt myself and be like, I can't do it. But I recently read about the Daybreakers, which is a a worldwide alcohol-free rave. And I think it's about once a month. And the second Daybreaker started in San Francisco, and now it's like gone across the world. There's one in every city. How lovely. And they had the first Oakland Daybreaker, and 4,000 people showed up. Did you go? I didn't, but I read about it, and I couldn't believe that many people turned up for it. Have you gone? No, I oh. haven't even gone yet. This well, is we, a whole new thing. But we, we need have to, to go. go. I know. It sounds amazing. I want to be a Daybreaker raver. <laughs> <laughs> I've never gone to a rave. Uh, yeah, I went to a couple. I've always been a little bit of a early to bed type. I'm kind of a morning gal. So even in my 20s and like prime party years, I was really kind of a bad partier. Mm -hmm. Unless I had enough booze to keep me going till the wee hours. But if not, I'd be like, oh, sleepy night night time. Well, I was always a night owl until until I hooked up with the handyman and you know, he has to get up early and strap that tool belt on. Oh! (laughs) I... I I love getting up early and going to bed early, but I I now that I think about it, I did go to a to a rave yeah. once, and I was so nervous about just the idea. Of, the, the idea was to do ecstasy, and I was so nervous about the very idea of doing ecstasy. Yeah, I didn't do any, mm-hmm. but just thinking about should I, shouldn't I just made me so nervous and I went home. Oh, how funny. I was never good at those kinds of drugs either. I'm too control oriented. Funnily enough, I mean, I wouldn't even touch cocaine through my 20s. I actually tried and enjoyed cocaine after my kids were a little bit older because Mm -hmm. it was like mommy's little helper. Oh, yeah. 
Like, I wouldn't touch the stuff because I thought, ooh, I'm going to be in rehab, like, less than zero, you know? <laughs> but I had tried it in my 30s and was like, I can take a little bump here and, and <laughs> dance for three hours and then go home and still get up with my kids and be fine. So oh. it almost became an alcohol replacement for a little bit. Interesting. But it didn't become a problem. Yeah. I never did enough. You know, I I do like a little pinky full here and have three dances and go home. But as far as drugs go, besides pot and alcohol, Coke was the one thing that I didn't mind. Yeah, uh, hallucinogenics were, I, I did a little bit of that, just mostly ecstasy. I never did shrooms. I never did LSD Ugh. because I came of age when they were doing big propaganda about LSD. Yeah, scaring and, people. Yeah, so like I knew for sure that if I did any drug like that, I would be jumping out a window. Yeah. And and I really didn't want to jump out a window. I know. My mom t told stories about kids in college jumping out of windows <laughs> and stuff. And I don't think that actually happened that much. I mean, Right? Yeah. I think it was just a scare tactic. Yeah. Though I was with some friends who they had done acid and one of them had hallucinated that he'd broken his leg and they had actually gone to the er uh, yeah ha 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 and they were like there's nothing ha, wrong with you ha, ha, ha. there's nothing wrong with you oh my god um and i thought that's a good reason not to do that yeah right i don't want to i same thing in college i had a boyfriend we were at a party and this guy just flipped out on acid and my boyfriend at the time thought it would be a good idea to try and make a pass out a what he tried he made him pass out he basically like put his hand over his nose and mouth until he blacked out oh my and it was so terrifying to me because i thought how do you know you're not killing this guy yeah and the guy just flopped over and blacked out for a little bit. Did your boyfriend work for the CIA or something? No. I mean, like <laughs> it was a really scary moment. He seemed to think he knew what was what was going on. He's like, I'll just make him pass out, it'll be fine. <laughs> okay, are you killing him? Is he dead? <laughs> After that I was like, no thank you. He was a fun guy to take to a party or he was a blast. Have alone in your room at he, night. He loved it all. All my boyfriends loved drugs and alcohol to a huge extent. Big partiers, all of them. And they loved you because you're kind of like Salvador Dali. Like yeah. You, are, you didn't do drugs. My husband was on seven tabs of acid the night I met him. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Yeah, seven. He was... Is he listening to this? Probably. Are, you, are your children listening to this? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I'm not cool enough for them to listen to my podcast. Well, so he's on seven tabs of acid, which gives credence to what I wanted to say, which is you're like Salvador Dali. You don't do drugs. You are drugs. <gasps> exactly. You are drugs, yes. honey. But I, I knew that, that he was messed up on something. And <laughs> I wouldn't give him my phone number that night, but uh -huh. I did tell him where I worked. So he showed up at my job the next day. Oh. Which I was slinging coffee at the time. Big okay. deal. So he came in for day-old croissants and a latte. And Was he flashbacking? He was fine. So he came in. He got coffee and croissant. I was hooked. Hooked? Yeah. That was it? Oh, my God. I was head over heels. And I thought he was amazing. He was like from another planet. 
feeling was mutual. Mutual. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was. How and sweet. Both completely smitten. Well, what was said at the coffee shop? We just kept making plans to see each other mm-hmm. every day while he was there. And, you know, I didn't have much going on. I was working, oh. going to junior college, which was barely college. And mm-hmm. we spent as much time as we could before he went back to England that one time. And mm-hmm. then I followed him over. All right. Yeah. I love it. Here's to acid. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Seven tabs of acid. My man recognized that I was the woman for him. Oh, my God. He looked like a drowned rat. His hair was plastered with sweat. And his eyes were like saucers. I was like, who is this weirdo? And then he opened his mouth. And I'm like, ooh, it's a foreign weirdo. Yeah. With the, with the, what, he has an accent. He has an English accent. Is it a proper one or no he's he's a he's a poor kid so he's he's east london he's not posh does he say i think instead of i think a think with an f yeah like i think no he's not that hardcore he can like if he's with those kinds of people Mm -hmm. he can adjust his accent to fit in Mm -hmm. so does he work for the cia no (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) well i think the moral of the story is, well, something like, don't do mass quantities of acid, just dance. (laughs) Or alcohol, just dance. Just dance, yeah. It'll heal you, that's for sure. And you'll Um, see Cynthia and I at the upcoming Daybreaker. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We got to get some video. Yes, that's a great idea. I want some video. Body cams. Well, if (laughs) if you go to our Instagram which I'll mention now is the Mocktail Hour. Yes. Or if you go, if you join our Facebook group, the Mocktail Hour, you will be able to see live footage of one of us dancing. Dancing to Lady Gaga. That's right. And so check it out. My daughter's challenged me to to do a parody of the latest Lady Gaga track. And (laughs) I put a bicycle helmet on and a nude bodysuit and hat at it. And it's, it's amazing. And you look you. fabulous. I appreciate it. I've been working hard. Yeah, it shows. Yay! Fabulous. Well, our resource of the week, did you want to say anything else about Daybreakers? Or we'll put that Daybreaker. in the show Daybreaker.com. It's easy website. They have one literally in every city in, in the world, not just America. All over the place. So oh. wherever you're listening in, just type in Daybreaker. You can find a dance and along the same lines, there's something called Ecstatic Dance, which is also a worldwide movement. You can go to them at ecstaticdance.org. There's no drugs, no alcohol, no phones, no cameras, no videos, no scents, Ooh. no expectations. I'm no... sure there's lots of patchouli, though, since <laughs> I can tell you anything called Ecstatic Dance has hippies written all over it. <laughs> no. Well, what makes me laugh is that it says all this stuff like, no this, no that. No expectations, no judgments, and no shoulds. But what's a should? But a should or an ought. You know, a, no shoulds, no oughts. But you should not drink alcohol. You should not do drugs or bring a camera or wear shoes. what hypocrites! Well, I think <laughs> I think it is super fun. Yeah, you just show up and sweat and have a great time. Be yourself. 
give other people space and enjoy the music and enjoy your body dancing. Nice. Um, so thank you again and we'll see you next time. We will see you next time, but go to our website, mocktailhour.com, and know that we are really excited to get your mocktail, T-A-I-L, recipes. Would love to hear your stories, mm-hmm. and do let us know if you have questions or comments. Or even if you have, you know, want to be on the show, you're in the Bay Area, you got a story, let us know. Yeah, we, we're going to work our way around to that. Yeah. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.